Welcome to Fleet Safety Geeks. I'm Bob. And I'm Phil. And we welcome you to our podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Fleet Safety Geeks. I'm Bob Mossing, and I'm here with Phil Mosier. Phil, how are you? I'm doing well, Bob. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks. Um, we have an important uh, topic. I always say we have an important topic. Isn't every topic important every in Fleet Safety, Phil? <laughs> yeah, well, so we're going to talk yeah. about uh, football, Eagles. Uh, well, the That's Phillies are important. tanking, but yep. the Eagles are doing well, so I just want to talk about Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm from Cleveland, and, and I don't really care about the teams in Cleveland. I'm not from Cleveland, but I live here. Um, but I think the Guardians are still in first place in their division. I think they're doing well, yeah. Yeah, they're really closing out the season well. Um, the Browns, I actually watched a game. They were up by 13 with uh, under two minutes to go, and and they lost that game. So that was interesting. Oh, heartbreaker. <laughs> yeah. So uh, for all the Cleveland people out there, I'm sorry, but I think you're used to um, loss and disappointment. So, I, you know, no big loss there. But, <laughs> yeah, I'm actually a Broncos fan, and we won 11-10 over some other team. And it was an embarrassing game, so um, we're not going to go there. Um, but what we are going to talk about is um, really an important topic of what's going on in our industry, and that's supply chain shortages. Um, supply chain is, is you know, affecting every industry, from our groceries to raw materials for you know factories, but also for the automotive industry. Uh, manufacturers are having a hard time building vehicles right now. Um, it started with the, what, the microprocessor software mm -hmm. chip, right. um, semiconductor, I think is what, what the technical term is. Um, but it's moved on to other things, right? I mean, everything from parts to the vehicle to, you know, being able to, uh, put a catalytic converter in a new car, um, to other, other parts that just go in a vehicle when it's built, which makes it impossible for them to deliver a new vehicle for a fleet. Yeah, and, and the, the, the obvious issues with that is that, you know, extending life cycles on, on uh, fleet vehicles and um, how does that relate to safety? Well, we're going to get into that. Yeah, because you're exactly right. If you can't get a new vehicle, you got to keep the old one. Right. And how do we keep that old one safe? That's what that's exactly what we're going to talk about. Um, so um, as every fleet is, is facing, um, and I know this because... I call around every day, a good portion of my job. I, I like to say a good portion of my job these days is just calling around asking if a dealer or a supplier or an upfitter or anybody that has a bailment pool, does anybody have any vehicles I can buy? And the answer is always no, um, or someone laughs at me. So um, that means that I have to keep the vehicles that I've had on the road for some time, even longer. Um, and so uh, we do that by... Um, making sure that they're properly maintained. Um, we have to have every fleet, no matter what, even in perfect normal times, we have to have a good preventative maintenance schedule, right? We have to make sure our, our vehicles are going in. I say every 5,000 miles. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think 5,000. I mean, uh, you, you know, you say, you know, uh, manufacturer recommend it. Uh, but I think 5,000 is a, is a good, um, 
you know, mileage to use as far as, you know, proper maintenance and, and, and checking the vehicle oil and filter changes and things like that. And we'll get into each one of those, but I think that's just a really just a solid rule of thumb. Yeah, I, I've been doing this 23 years and that's what we've always used. Um, oil technology has changed. There's a lot of synthetic right. oil out there. Right. Um, and usually you can get 7,500 to 10,000 miles right. um, on, on a synthetic oil. And so a lot of people, um, especially my drivers, challenge me saying, why do we have to go in every five? And I say, we're doing more than just putting oil in that car. You know, we're, we're, we're looking at the tires. We're making sure they're right. properly inflated. Um, we pull them off. We check the brakes. We look at steering suspension. And as we extend the life of our vehicles today and our fleets, we need to be doing that religiously. We need to make sure that's getting done. Um, because the safety of the driver in that vehicle and the safety of others on the road um, if that vehicle is not properly maintained, um, are, are at jeopardy here. So, so that's why we need to, to, in my opinion, at least right now, um, go every five. Yeah. Um, I when, think it even get becomes, out of, you know, obviously it's even more important now with, with extending the life cycles of the vehicles, obviously, um, they, there has to be a consistent, um, maintenance schedule. And I, I love the 5,000, Bob, just for the reasons you said, you know, so it's just not about the oil on the filter, right? It's checking everything, right. which is, right. is so important. Yeah. Um, I, I have, uh, so my fleet is, is basically the majority of my fleet is, is a minivan, you know, it's a civilian vehicle, um, but it's used as a work truck. Um, we put a lot of miles on it and, um, things fail. Um, right. rubber gets old. <laughs> Um, so if, if we're driving down the road and I've got some on the road with over 150,000 miles right now, and my normal replacement cycle is about 75,000 miles. Yeah. Um, we, we always turn it Definitely. in before, before any major mechanical problem happens. Mm -hmm. Um, a vehicle on the road right now with 150,000 miles, it's not really designed for that. Um, without doing proper maintenance, a hose could fail, right? Uh, right. A radiator hose, um, you know, can just you know, you see them bubble up, they start cracking and, and it could blow out while a driver's driving. Well, maybe not a safety issue. It's certainly an inconvenience. It's certainly a revenue problem. Well, it, it could become a safety issue because if there's a breakdown alongside the road, now you're susceptible to, you know, becoming a crash victim that way. Uh, if there's an engine failure, obviously, you know, if that happens at a bad time, now you're, you know, you're a sitting duck. So I, I think that all of this can relate to safety if you think about it. Yeah. So the safety of what I'm thinking about from an immediate maintenance issue is bad brakes, right? You can't stop yeah. the car. You're probably going to hit somebody. If you blow a hose, you're probably not going to hit somebody, but you could get hit on the side of the right. road. Right. Right. Um, and uh, I've actually had a driver in Pittsburgh. Um, I think we've all been through it. We all know the roads there. There are lots of hills, lots of highways that yeah. just are all over the place. Um, there's not a lot of si a room on the side of the road. So if you break down on a highway system where there's not uh, a lot of room on the side, but that's where your vehicle is, you have, especially during rush hour, tons of vehicles just flying past you inches from you and your car if you're standing on the side of the road. So yeah, that, that's a certain issue, uh, certainly a safety issue if you break down on the side of the road. Yeah. So that's, I think, you know, and that's not something I think, you know, we always uh, do some prep when we do these uh, podcasts. That's something that we did not include as far as you know, what do you do in case of breakdown? So that, you know, 
a driver has to make a decision. Do I stay in the vehicle? Do I get out of the vehicle? Uh, and then just there's, there's personal safety issues. What, where is the area where you're broken down? What do you do then? Do you stay in? Uh, you know, you call for help. Obviously, you know, you put your emergency flashers on. If you have anything that you can put out behind the vehicle, a flare or a triangle, uh, do that. Do that very carefully. If, if, there, if it's tight quarters, be very careful about uh, opening up that door. Can you get out on the passenger side away from traffic? And these are all things that just are common sense things that maybe need to be, um, you know, discussed. And as silly as it sounds, Bob, I tell drivers, you know, have that emergency kit where you maybe have the triangle or the flares or whatever, but also, you know, like a bright green or orange vest that you put on so that if you do have to be alongside the road, you can be seen. That's what, you know, why do you think these construction workers wear these things? Uh, I'm not telling them they need to have a hard hat, but it'd be good to be able to be seen. And also at nighttime, make sure you have a working flashlight in your vehicle um, so that, again, so that you can be seen. Um, and People say, well, I'll stand out in front of my vehicle. That's a bad choice because if it gets tagged from behind, now you're run over by your own vehicle. Um, if you can stand off to the side, that's best. If not, then I say get far behind the vehicle up the road. That way, then drivers coming towards the vehicle are actually going to see you and maybe be you know, uh, even more prepared that there's something going on up there. They'll see the vehicle. So um, again, so there's a disclaimer, Bob. <laughs> you know, we always have to do this. You have to make the best decisions based on your circumstances. Yep. It's fluid. No, that's a really good point. And, and we probably should have included that in this topic. Yeah. Um, and it could also be a separate topic or, or combined yeah. with something else. But um, yeah, all of my vehicles have a, a safety kit. We have that, right. like the triangle, the flares, flashlights, a blanket. Um, some even come with a little bit of food if you get stranded overnight in a snowstorm. Right. But Depends yeah, and at, again, yeah. a disclaimer. Um, usually the best place to be is to stay inside your vehicle if you have a breakdown right because that vehicle is going to protect you um i can't tell you how many times i see you know coverage of you know you see you see it every year right there's low visibility there's a snowstorm going on and all these cars just start getting involved in and in, in accidents because they can't see what's going on up ahead so trucks are flying in other cars are flying in and and there's, there's a traffic jam because everybody has crashed. Um, black ice on the road, zero visibility. Mm -hmm. But then you see these idiots getting out of the car, running around. It's, it's just silly. Stay in the car. In those situations, Bob, actually, it's going to sound silly again, but the best place is the right front passenger seat with the seatbelt on. That's your safest thing to do, typically. Yeah. But again, depending on your circumstances, if your vehicle's sticking out in traffic, you're probably not going to want to stay out in that, right? Because uh, right. it could get tagged. Uh, but so if you can get off the side of the road and even put a barrier between you and the vehicle, that might be your best solution. But again, it, it depends on the circumstances that you're facing. Yeah. The, the, the disclaimer here, obviously, is if your vehicle is right. the one repeatedly getting pummeled by a semi truck. Right. At some point, you might want to get out of that vehicle. But um, okay. if, if you're in the median and your vehicle's out there by itself and another car comes and hits it and you're out there running around trying to avoid cars sliding down the road you're safer inside your vehicle exactly um really good really good point there um when we were doing prep work here you brought up a really good point you know you have a newer car it's you know you know you haven't extended the life cycle because you can't get one um but there's a recall on it right so right. we have recall issues what, what's what's going on with your uh, recall 
So, uh, and, and, and I'm, I'm not ex exactly sure, but it's an engine airport. Uh, and Sounds it's been months since I received the recall notice. And I've been told that uh, I will be notified when, uh, when it's available. So again, check with the, my local um, dealership and they said the parts still aren't here. So, and that's been months. So that, that's another issue is with the supply chain is that you can't get parts. So, so it's a double, you know, double-edged sword that we're facing here in that we have to extend the life cycles of these vehicles, but then to get them repaired when they need repair, sometimes it's going to be difficult because uh, of supply chain parts issues. Yeah, absolutely. So um, as we said at the beginning here, it's more than just a semiconductor that started this uh, right. uh, problem that we have in our industry of not being able to build cars. Um, it's everything. Um, new cars can't get those parts. Used cars can't get the parts that they need. Um, so everything is impacted out there and, and we right. need to figure out how to navigate this and keep our drivers safe. Um, properly maintaining. So um, getting to that and talking a little bit more detail, you know, I have a very, very rigorous PM program. Um, and I do have our drivers going every 5,000 miles, um, regardless of supply chain problems. And yeah, I've got the driver who says, it says right here, right here in the manual. I don't have to go in every, until every 7,500 miles. I'm like, okay, that's great. The manual says that. And it's great that I paid a little bit more for synthetic oil last time, but I need you in there sooner. I need you in there to get your tire pressure looked at, get the tires rotated while the wheels are off. Let's look at the brake pads. Um, that's Jade, if that got picked up on, uh, <laughs> well, on the welcome podcast. Welcome, Jade, to the podcast. <laughs> it's yeah, a cool yeah. dog, Bob. You have a very cool pup. <laughs> yeah, she's awesome. Maybe she'll come into the camera view here. But um, but doing preventive maintenance, regardless of supply chain problems, I do that religiously. And I ask the drivers to do that. Um, when I started at the company I'm at, um, you know, I looked in the maintenance first thing, and, and drivers were doing maintenance, but they were primarily at the quick lube shop, right? The drive through 15 minute, you get oil and you're on your way. Uh, so preventive maintenance is not just putting oil in the car, right? Right. There's other things that you need to do when you do a preventive maintenance um, schedule, excuse me, on a vehicle. Um, other things fail than, than oil. Um, brake pads are constantly used um, and the brake pad uh, thickness is, is constantly reducing. Um, tires, they, they wear unevenly. You got to get in alignment. Um, they'll extend the life better if they're properly inflated. Um, and if you move them from front to back, your vehicle is going to handle better as the tread goes down. So all of these things need to be done to keep drivers safe. This is just normal best practice, regardless if you're extending the life of your vehicle. But now you're at the point where you have to, you know, get uh, your driver into the right shop. And it could be harder now because you didn't have a culture of this before. Mm -hmm. um, but you really need to get your, if you have field managers, you know, looking over your drivers or direct communication with your drivers, or this applies to you uh, in your own personal vehicle, get in there, but get out of the quick glue places, get into the Firestone, the Goodyear, the Pep Boys. Um, if your vehicle is covered under, you know, dealer maintenance and it's free, go to the dealer. But, but the... <laughs> Jiffy Lube and Valvoline, don't sue me and say that I'm saying bad things about you, right? You know, that's not what I'm saying. There's a value to what they do and you can get in and out of there quickly. And, and you know, there's there's some things that they look at, but not all of them can check, can replace your brakes. 
They might tell you you have bad brakes, but they can't replace them. So I'm just saying, if you're in a fleet and you have an opportunity to get work done, go to the shop that can do it all at once, because that way you're not putting it off and and having to go back again. Yep. Um, what else was I going to say about, um, you know, even the tires, uh, um, tread depth. Tread depth right. is an important thing. Um, yep. When... What's the best time to, to replace a tire, right? When you can see Abe Lincoln's head or something like yeah, that? Yeah, actually, and that actually is an absolute valid way to check tread depth. Uh, just take a, a U.S. penny and flip the penny over Lincoln's head. If uh, the top of Lincoln's head is not covered by the tread, then it's, it, you, you, it's, it's too low. The tire needs to be replaced. And don't just check, like, the center tread. You got to go all the way across the tire and check right. all treads also. And while you're doing that, also check the sidewalls and things like that. Look for cracks, look for gouges, anything like that. You hit one hard chuck hole, you can damage that tire. That's going to create a bubble in the sidewall, and that could create a, a tire air out or blowout. Uh, and, and Bob, I, there's no reason why tires shouldn't be checked every week. Again, you hit one, you hit one pothole, it's going to change the pressure of the tire. And, and people say, well, now, hold on. I have the thing on my dash. It'll light up if I have a low tire. Well, some of those don't go off until about 10 pounds low. Do you want to be riding around on a tire that's nine pounds low? I, I don't think that's very safe. The reason that we have to have them properly inflated so that you get the most uh, tire to road surface contact. If a, if a tire is underinflated, what will happen once it starts rotating, the center will suck up in. So it's on the edges of the tires that, that, that's hitting. So if you see the edges being worn out on your tire, that's probably low air pressure. If you have them overinflated, then the center of the tire is going to wear out first, and then the edges will have more tread depth. If you're seeing that, then you have too much air in the tire. But why not check them once a week? Uh, I do mine on Sundays. Um, I'll do it at halftime now. Uh, but uh, uh, check them once a week and uh, get you know get a decent tire gauge. And they're not that hard to use, okay? So anybody can do it. Uh, and check, make sure that you're checking them when the tire is cold, not after you've been running for a while, because they'll give you a false high reading. Yep. That's right. <clears throat> cold weather, um, tires deflate a little anyway. So you yes, do want to check do. them when they're cold yep. and especially in the winter, you really want to have a good tread, um, depth, um, and, and proper tire pressure because that vehicle is going to handle differently, um, on ice and snow. And you want to make sure that that, that tire pressure is, is accurate. So Abe Lincoln's head is a good way to, to check. It quick, actually, easy, it dirty. works. It really works. Yeah. Everybody has a penny, you know, that's so yep. you, if you want to go out and get a, a tread gauge or whatever, that's fine. Go ahead. But I'm telling you, the penny thing works. So. It, it does work. But that number, um, <clears throat> just so people know, is four thirty seconds of an inch right. um, or three millimeters. So if you think that, that that's if you want to be the technical one and actually measure it, that's where it needs to be. But any lower than that, you start getting to two millimeters, you're illegal, right? And if you're yeah. illegal, that means that tire is dangerous. You are driving around in a vehicle that is not going to handle well. And right. vehicles are engineered around the tire, right? So that tire has to be the right tire for that vehicle. It has to have the correct tire pressure and it has to have the correct tread depth because everything that car was designed to do from how fast it can go, how much it weighs or how it handles and steers requires that tire to have that. And if your tire is not up to the spec, your vehicle is going to handle differently. Um, it's not going to stop as well. 
not going to stop well in the wet weather. Um, if you go faster, you can blow it out if you don't have a, a, a good tires. So these are all really important things to keep drivers safe around tires. It's amazing how safe um, a, a driver can be just by having uh, proper tire maintenance done. Well, well, Bob, I always say I think the most important safety equipment, people can say, well, it's the airbags or it's the anti-lock brakes or it's this or it's that. No, the most important yeah. safety equipment are the tires. That's what the car is riding on. Think about this, about the size of the palm of your hand is what is that's what is four patches of that on, around your vehicle. And as you go faster, that even, you know, that the, that, that that increases or decreases, I should say. So how important is that? You, there's three ways you control a vehicle, steer, brake, accelerate. All of that's dependent on the tires. So if you don't have good traction, guess what? You, you, you're not, you're, you're unsafe. So you're exactly right. And the only reason that there is tread on the tires is to it dissipate um, water and snow and other debris that are on the roadway. Uh, you mean, listen, race car drivers, they drive slicks, right? There's no tread on those cars. And the reason there's no trail in those cars is so that they can have the most tire to road surface contact or tire to track surface contact. That's right. Well, the, you, that's not going to be applicable in everyday driving. You need that tread on there to dissipate that garbage out from underneath your tire so you don't ride up on top of the water or the snow and hydroplane and get into those situations. So again, it's so important tread depth and, and, uh, and uh, proper inflation are just vital for safety. And, and drivers, uh, and I would urge, you know, uh, fleet managers and safety managers to urge your drivers to check that, that once a week and don't be dependent on those darn idiot lights in the dash, you know? That's um, right. That's you know, right. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Uh, going back to race car drivers, at least in NASCAR, they drive with the slicks. That's why they don't right. drive when it rains. Right. There's as soon as it traction. starts to rain, they stop the race. Right. Exactly. Yeah. They can't displace the water. Now, you know, some of the uh, open wheel ones will, mm -hmm. but they have to put on the, they have to take off the slicks and put on right. the tread tire. That's know? what they do. So, That's exactly yeah. right. For that reason. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But we're not race car drivers. We need that tread. <laughs> we need our vehicle to be as safe right. as possible. Um, and the best way to get water away from a tire is to have one with a good tread depth that's designed to, to move the water and keep right. rubber on the, on the road. And you can't do it if your tread depth is too low. You can't displace right. enough water. Um, but brakes is, is huge safety. Um, so uh, I, I told you I looked into some maintenance when I, I came on board with the company I'm with. And um, I found everybody was going to Jiffy Lube or the dealer. When they're at the dealer, they're getting a complete brake job. They're getting pads, <laughs> rotors, calipers. And I'm like, well, why is everybody getting this $1,500 brake job? It's because they only got oil in the car and nobody ever put $140 pads on. So everybody was driving around on metal to metal brakes, not able to stop. And they're like, oh, my brakes are grinding. I better pull into this dealer here and get this really expensive brake job. Wow. So brakes, brakes, a brand new brake pad comes with about a half inch of pad. And it lasts a long time. It's going to last a long time if you, you know, properly maintain them, inspect them and make sure your rotors are good and you're not grinding them down. But when you get about half that thickness, you're getting close to where you want to start replacing them. And when and that's a quarter of an inch, right? So, but if you get to an eighth of an inch, you're, you're almost at imminent failure. We literally right. had drivers with zero inch depth on their brake pads, literally a rusted piece of metal grinding against the rotor 
and how could they not hear the noise, right? So you got the rivets in there making noise to warn you that, hey, you need to replace your brakes. And again, drivers need to be educated on that. If they hear that squealing going on every time they apply the brakes, there's something wrong typically. So, so maybe not everybody knows that, but that's a really good point. There are built-in pieces inside that brake pad that will tell you right. um, when you hear that squeaking, that's designed to tell you it's time to replace your brake pads. You still right. have some pad left, left, but that squeak is that rivet that, that is, is coming right. out of there. We were going past that rivet and the squeaking stopped. <laughs> Now it's grinding. Wow. Right. So, that's bad. <laughs> so, so yeah, but that's the problem here. So where you go to get your maintenance done is very important. Oil change is not maintenance. That's one part of preventative maintenance. Preventative maintenance is looking at everything. Um, if you're running a company and you want that car on the road, um, maybe it was on the road for all that time, but it was on the road unsafe but now it has uh, an extended downtime um, and your driver's probably in a rental. It's just increasing costs. Um, but that driver certainly was not safe driving around on bad brakes. Um, but now the, the brake job is going to be super expensive. If that driver had consistently gone to a national account provider, I don't want to call out one provider over another, but you know, think of, think of the ones that's in every state, Firestone, Goodyear, Pet Boys, um, national tire and battery. I don't know anything that you see out there, you know, anytime they put that car up in the air, they're looking at everything. They're checking the belts, the oils, uh, uh, hoses, um, rotating the tires, checking tire pressure and getting those brake pads replaced as needed. Right. So for the, a little bit of longer time, it takes your fleet is going to be more productive, generating more revenue more often in the long run with your driver safe, um, at a lower cost. So, right. Um, all of it really comes back uh, to the doing the proper preventive maintenance at the right place. Yeah, I, I think it's just it's just such a valid point you make, Bob. And you have a you have a you have a lot of experience with this. And I know that you have a very good um, you know uh, adherence you know the, with your with your drivers. They they adhere to the the maintenance um, uh, policies pretty well. You need to have that policy. And we're getting back to the policy issues, right? Or the policy uh, uh, discussion. Um, but you need to have that policy and, and you need to do everything you can to make sure that, that the drivers are adhering to that. And one other thing I like to say is that um, I've done a lot of driver training and I've gotten into um, uh, reps cars and things like that, or, you know, employees cars and, you know, the engine lights on. And I ask them, well, how long has that been on? Well, you know, I don't know. I actually had a guy, <laughs> you think I'm making this up, I'm not. He took a sticky note and put it on his dashboard so that the light, he couldn't see the light. I said, how long is that? I, and I saw the sticky note and I just pulled it off. I said, why, what's it? And he says, wow, you know, that, that light bugs me. I said, how long has your engine light been on? I said, have you had it checked? Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm really busy and everything. I said, get it checked, you know, and I contacted the fleet manager and said, listen, you got to take care of this with this guy. I, and I told him, uh, I'm hoping that they followed up with him, but I absolutely would not use that person's vehicle uh, when we were doing behind the wheel training because I didn't know what was going on with it. But he told me it had been on for like a couple of months. <laughs> I was like, wow. You know, and some of those are false lights, right? But you cannot assume that. Mm -hmm. um, make sure that you know, the drivers know that if that engine light goes on, get into the shop, get it checked. Don't, you know, 
Well, well it seems to be running all right. <laughs> don't don't do that. You know, yeah. there's a technical term for that, Bob. That's called bad. Don't don't do bad. You know. <laughs> right, right. So when I was younger, I used electrical tape, right? Because you know, it's stuck on there better. <laughs> well, it the blends in better. Shine. Yeah, the light couldn't shine through, and, and you know, <laughs> post it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> he had a post it note on his dashboard. I was like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, crazy. Yeah. But no, that that's a valid point. You know, um, I, I talk about my fleet a lot because. I've got a large fleet. I've got drivers on the road. We drive anywhere from 25 to 30,000 miles a year. A They're going into a shop every 5,000 miles, almost, right. you know, almost every other month. Right. You know, they're, they're in there a lot. So I'm not too worried about if they go to the right shop, I'm not too worried that they're not getting their brakes checked or tires checked. I've, I've trained them to policy their culture is to use the correct shop. We did it a long time ago. I feel like we're lucky now because, you know, we need to extend the life of our vehicles and they're already right. used to this and accustomed to this. Right. So, so they're doing it. But you mentioned we had good compliance. You know, we were just trying to get 75% compliance. We had no reason behind that number. It was just a number to hit. Mm -hmm. um, but we hit it right away. And again, if you develop policy and train it to your drivers, right. they just want to, to know what they're supposed to do and they'll do it. Mm -hmm. But right now, um, my fleet management company came in and we did an annual review. We're getting 82% compliance that's, of using the right shop and getting in at the right time. That's so, fantastic. I mean, that is really yeah. good. There, that is a good number. And people say, oh, well, only, only 82. That's a, in the industry, that's a pretty good number. So, you know, congratulations on that, my friend. I mean, it's uh, good, Yeah, good congratulations to our drivers. Yeah, yeah. We actually well, said, and, you know, uh, it's it's creating that culture, right, Bob? It's what we always say about right. the driver safety culture. Well, same thing here. That's applicable. That is a culture. So, uh, yeah. you know, especially now, as we keep saying during this podcast, with the extended lives uh, of these vehicles and, 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 you know, they're getting higher in mileage, um, you just have to make sure they're properly maintained and, and yeah. um, checked on a regular basis. I, I just, I love what you're saying here. Everything checked, you know, every 5,000. I think that's just a good rule of thumb to follow. Yep. And, and we keep, we keep that conversation going, especially now that we've extended the life of our vehicles. We, right. I'm constantly communicating with field management. I'm on their right. calls. They have calls with their drivers. Um, I'm on their manager's calls. I talk to the general managers over the different, you know, uh, business lines. And I tell them we need to stay on top of this. The driver safety. I always bring it back to driver safety. Everything right. is about driver safety in my fleet. I'm putting them in a vehicle. I can't get them a new vehicle. I need to rely on them. This is on them, right? But but I'm, I'm developing the policy to get that vehicle in the shop to keep them safe. Um, and they're doing a great job. We congratulate them. We thank them. And we tell them what you're doing is keeping you safe. And we constantly keep that message going. Right. Um, so, so that's, you know, uh, preventative maintenance when you're extending the life of, of, of an asset um, where a driver's safety is at risk is just really, really key right now. Right. Right. No, that's, it's, it's, a, it's a great point. It's a valid point. Uh, and, and I'm glad that you, you, you established that before uh, we had to have the extent of the life cycles on the vehicles. Um, yeah. yeah. Just, you know, again, good work. Yeah. So, um, we can all learn from this, right? We can all do this for our personal vehicles. Um, you know, find the right shop and, and get it done. You know, uh, 
during the pandemic, um, it was really tough to do maintenance, but we mm -hmm. still had to be on the road. Uh, the company I, I'm with was, uh, you know, uh, essential service. It was related to healthcare. You know, we've got to be out there right. and, and, and being on the road. Um, maintenance, we had to allow the, the quick lube places for a while because mm -hmm. uh, the, the waiting rooms are closed. <laughs> Right? right. So if you're going to wait for your uh, vehicle inside a Firestone or a Goodyear, you know, they, they weren't allowing people to come in. Right. We had to keep our drivers uh, productive. Um, even right now, so many vehicles are back on the road um, needing service mm -hmm. um, from personal vehicles to other fleets um, that, that the shops are, are, are have such a backlog and they're so extremely busy right now. Yeah. And, and everybody's I, vehicle is old. It needs work. Right. Just personally, so the, the mechanic I go to, I, I have a wonderful mechanic's own shop. And I say there's a few times when you might be able to use the word honest and mechanic in the same sentence. I'm not knocking mechanics, but I mean, this guy is terrific. I trust him with my life. And uh, he's had a tough time filling positions. So there might be mm -hmm. something in that as well. And that, you know, you can't get the uh, technicians or the mechanics to, uh, to, uh, to, to work. So... Uh, that might be some of the issue as well as not being able to get into the shops, but you have to be diligent and make sure that this is all done. And also in, in between, make sure that the drivers are, are doing their, their own checks of the vehicle, the tires and the oil and, you know, pop the hood, check the oil, uh, any lights come on, take care of that. Um, and if you hear any squeaking or squealing, that's the brakes. You have to have that taken care of right away too. Again, educating yeah. your drivers, I think is vital here. Yeah. And you brought up a really good point. Um, you know, uh, shops are having a hard time filling positions. It's more than just the position, um, maybe related to, you know, laying off during a pandemic, right. but we have a, 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 a shortage in the industry of people going into the trades and, right. and mechanics is a certain trade. So if you, if, if you're a public uh, service fleet or, or government fleet, and you have your own garage, you're probably having the same problem trying to right. find the talent to come in and work in that garage. And that's jeopardizing the safety of your vehicles. Certainly is. Um, uh, but that's, that's a huge thing that we're dealing with in the industry as well. Um, so if anybody's out there listening and, and is trying to figure out what, what could be a good career move, um, I'm understanding that they're doing there excellent training and paying very well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're, they're being paid very well. So there's a demand. Yeah, so, yeah, that that could be a um, a good career move for somebody mm -hmm. that that wants to get into um, uh, you know a, a a good career. Yep. Yep. Um, well, what what else have we got around around this? I really like that that we kind of uh, you know that's that's what this podcast is about. We just have conversations, and the conversation right. usually goes in another direction. We just identified two different things that we didn't, you know, even pre you know, pre-talk about, um, from, right. so, um, you know, shortages and, and talent. Um, but also a really important one. I'm glad you brought it up is what to do if you do have a breakdown on the side right. of the road. Um, and those are really important things. Extending the life of the vehicle. You've got to make sure that the service is getting done. That's, that's right. the bottom line is you've got yep. to make sure that vehicle's safe. But with that, I think we're at the surprisingly, I like how it happens. You know, we have great conversations about fleet safety. I guess that happens when you get a couple of geeks together, but, but we're at that point where we kind of want to uh, naturally have our podcast ending around 30 minutes, unless you have anything that you need to add um, for safety. No, I think we covered it uh, again. Um, 
tires, brakes are the two keys, I think, uh, with this and make sure the engine is well maintained. I think you've uh, done a really good job of explaining what you're doing with your organization and uh, that there's the model. There, there, there you go, people. Listen to Bob. Okay. Be like Bob. Okay. So. Be like Bob. Yeah. <laughs> um, be like Bob. I mean, Bob's been doing this for 23 years. I mean, I right. kind of have um, um, an understanding of what we need to do. Um, but I only got there because I listened to other people, right? I mean, other right. people have been doing this. This is an industry best practice in the fleet industry. Right. Um, I'm only sharing what I've learned from others. Um, for your personal vehicles, if you just happen to pick this podcast up on your own, hopefully you've picked something up from this and um, um, you know can help take care of your vehicle. None of us can go out and buy new vehicles right now. Um, it's very difficult. And if you are, you're paying a lot. So it's just not mm -hmm. happening. Um, if you're extending the life of your personal vehicle, please get it in for, for really good maintenance. Get that safety right. inspection done and um, do more than just clean oil. Um, all right. Well, with that, if you are listening to this podcast on a popular platform such as Spotify, Apple, or Google, please uh, subscribe and be notified of future episodes. You can also find us on YouTube um, at Fleet Safety Geeks. Um, if you go there, please like and subscribe so that you can be notified of future episodes. Um, we also have uh, just recently added a LinkedIn page, so you can always reach us there. Um, both Bill and I can uh, get there. If you are um, friends with us on LinkedIn, you can reach us there if you want to be on an episode um, or have a suggestion for an episode. I think we have uh, a few um people that we're trying to get on uh, that are actually lining up. And I think that's exciting. So uh, there's going to be some really good episodes coming up. Um, and we're also on Facebook and Twitter if you find, want to find us out there. Well, with that, uh, have a great and safe weekend. And um, hopefully we'll uh, be doing this again uh, real soon. Okay, Bob. Always good to see you, my friend. Yeah, likewise. Thanks, Phil. Take care. Take care.